Hello, and welcome to Love the Game, Live the Dream. Join me, your host, Nick Holmes, and my array of guests as we prove to you that you don't have to be a Hall of Fame player, a first-round draft pick, or even a high school standout, for that matter, to have a successful career in the sport of baseball. This podcast is brought to you by World Baseball Experience. Love the Game, Live the Dream is an entertaining yet insightful look at some of the baseball world's brightest and most talented minds. You're going to hear the life stories, struggles, and triumphs of everyday coaches, scouts, executives, and even entrepreneurs that are making their mark in baseball and in life by pursuing their passion and love of the greatest game on earth. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy Love the Game, Live the Dream. Hey gang, how's everybody doing out there on this beautiful March 9th, 2018th Friday? Yep, we are here at the end of the week. Spring is on us. Sunday night, we'll be setting those clocks ahead, getting ready for a little springtime, which means baseball is here. So hopefully you guys have been catching some games on the MLB network, watching some spring training. Uh, Before I forget, I do want to give a quick shout out to my brother, Brian, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Bri. Hope you're having a great day out there and love you, miss you. What's going on today? Episode 11, that's what's happening. As we cruise into the double digits, we've got a great guest today on the show. His name is David Burns. David Burns is the founder of Baseball Jobs Overseas, which uh, stemmed from his uh, original website, International Baseball Community. You can find either one of those online. And uh, I highly suggest anybody out there that's looking to work in baseball. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably someone that's already working in baseball or you're trying to figure out how you can get a job in baseball. And this is your guy. This is the one to go to right here. This is this is where all the magic happens here with David Burns and his Baseball Jobs Overseas website. So if you're a player or if you're a coach, uh, more for players, but if you are a coach, uh, you can fill out a profile there and he'll put you out to uh, hundreds of leagues that are across the world. I mean, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, he's, he's starting to branch off into the Latin American countries. So um, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for David, to be honest with you, because he was the guy who, um, through his website, I was able to find a job in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland two summers ago. And that led me to this beautiful part of the, of the world here in British Columbia on Vancouver Island, where I am now. You're going to hear some cool stuff about David, how he got a start. He's actually a Canadian as well from B.C., uh, but he's been living in Austria for quite some time now. Uh, left a really good job as a uh, financial advisor in the uh, finance world there. Followed his passion, followed an idea that he had to help an organization uh, bring in more imports to their baseball team. And from that, mixed with a desire to learn how to build websites and and be an online entrepreneur, he created Baseball Jobs Overseas. So I think you guys are really going to like this interview. Again, any of you out there that are looking to get into coaching and you're done playing or maybe you still got a few years left in that, that arm of yours and, and you're still looking to play, this is, uh, this is a good episode for you to tune into. So I want you to uh, pay attention, maybe take some notes and sit back, relax. Without further ado, here is my interview with David Burns. Hey, David, man. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to be here. Not a problem. Sorry it took so long to actually sit down and connect and do this, but uh, we're here now, so let's do it. 
Yeah, buddy. Yeah. And I have to say right off the, the bat here to the listeners, uh, David has been my inspiration to even starting this podcast, just so everybody knows. I remember when we first met a few years ago, now it's been, uh, he was just getting his podcast started and uh, I was a guest on his show and it really inspired me to do one myself and it just took me a little time to get going. But I just want to say thanks, David, for planting that seed in my head. Hey, uh, you gave me that motivation right back, just hearing your enthusiasm and how excited you got about, you know, <laughs> looking into uh, different entrepreneurial endeavors uh, in baseball. You know, you, you you spoke with a passion, so you kind of uh, reinvigorated myself as well. So I'm glad cool. that that we've been able to feed off each other that way. Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been a great journey. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit about how we met later on in the show. But well, first off, I want to say you are in Austria as we speak, correct? Yep, that's right. What city are you in? I'm in a little town called Atnaim Puchheim, which is a town of 8,000 in pretty much the center of Austria, uh, somewhere between and, and Salzburg. And what time of day is it there? It's 8 p.m. at night. I'm actually excited about today. I've, I've got three interviews planned. You're the first of three, and I'm going to be talking to someone in Austria, someone in Singapore, and then someone in Florida. So <laughs> it's going to be an interesting day trying to, uh, to get all these in. But, well, look, uh, I want to get going here. I love to start all my stories at the beginning where I think they all should. So I'm going to fire off three quick questions if you could answer me back here on where you were born, when your birthday is, and your sibling count, or uh, what size of family are you from? Well, where I was born is pretty pretty close to where you you are right now. Uh, I was born in Vernon, British Columbia, Canada, and uh, on mm-hmm. July seventh, seventy four, which makes me forty three years old today. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, siblings, yeah, I have one brother and two sisters. And, okay. Uh, yeah, pretty. You know, no extended family in the area. They're all from the eastern side of Canada, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, raised in Vernon, lived there for most of my life until uh, 2004 when I moved to Austria. Nice. And uh, how about uh, your parents? What, what type of background did, did they come from? Were they Are they Canadian as well? Yep, they're Canadian. They're from out east and they packed up the kids. Uh, they had three kids at the time. I was yet to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, they packed up three kids into their station wagon along with everything they owned and they drove across Canada to move to B.C., uh, mm-hmm. with a couple hundred bucks in their pocket. So they established, uh, you know, uh, a home there and, and a life in, in British Columbia. And that's when I came. <laughs> awesome. And how about your first introduction to baseball? Can you walk us through a little bit about what grabbed you, you know, whereabouts you were in life when that happened? Uh, you know, I really can't remember that far back. I think I was about <laughs> six old, and my dad being a baseball player and a pitcher himself, uh-huh. uh, just an overall just sports enthusiast, uh, he, he introduced me to the game and you know, throughout my whole childhood, he was pretty much my coach every year. Um, so I, I don't think I had a choice but to play baseball, but I think like anybody listening to this podcast, uh, you know, I fell in love with the game pretty quick and, uh, discovered I had some, some talent in the sport and, um, you know, just not a lot of opportunity where I live to expand, uh, and, and explore that talent, but, uh, loved the game and it led me to where I am now overseas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take us uh, through just a little bit and you can get into as much detail as you want on that that journey from you falling in love with the game. And then, of course, growing up as a teenager, young adult, you have a family now, correct? You're married with kids. I am 
divorced father with two kids. Okay. And so through all that, where was baseball something that was, that you were always involved with or what did you do to feed the family, so to speak along your journey? Yeah. Well, from day one, I, you know, baseball was a big part of my life. Um, just growing up, like, like anyone playing, playing baseball, but, uh, uh, in Canada, we didn't, we didn't have a high school baseball team. It was all club baseball. So, you know, we, we just played in the local league. And, uh, as I grew up, I joined the local club. I then contemplated, um, you know, taking, taking baseball to, you know, pursuing it in the U S playing college ball and everything. But, um, I decided against it, um, more for financial reasons. I decided to just study at the local college where there was no baseball program. Uh, there is now of course, but there wasn't back then. So, uh, you know, but I just continued to play men's league baseball while I studied and, uh, you know, and then that eventually led to playing overseas. Um, as far as, um, uh, baseball being a, a form of, uh, or a career or anything. It wasn't really a career or it wasn't a form of supporting a family or anything like that until uh, more recently. Um, but mm-hmm. it was always something that I continued to do. I think there was a four year break where I didn't play baseball. Uh, the four years that I was married, <laughs> in fact, I didn't uh-huh. play baseball. You know how that goes. There's not a lot of time when you're married sure. with children, but, uh, sure. you know, once, once I, I, was separated uh, from my wife, then I, I jumped right back into baseball. So, mm-hmm. and so, how did you make a living? Uh, out of college, beginning, I was in finances. Uh, you know, first it was a commission based job. So, I had two small children and, and a young wife from Austria who I had met uh, while I was playing baseball in Austria uh, between um, college years. So I just spent a few months in Austria playing baseball, met her, brought her back to Canada. And then uh, after I graduated and I had two small children at uh, 25 years old, I jumped into finance and yeah, I was on commission based. It was highly stressful, but I was pretty good at it. Um, so it did well, but I wanted something a little more stable. So I moved on to a, a, a salary based job at a bank as a, a loans officer and yeah, investment advisor, and basically on, on the fast track to, to become a financial planner within the, the bank, the Royal Bank mm-hmm. account. Um, but that's when we decided to separate and that's when I decided to move to Europe and that was the, the change there. And since then I've, I've worked at an international school in Salzburg, Austria as a teacher and athletic director. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm telling you the whole story once here, but, uh, sure, once, that's fine. once I started this website with a baseball jobs overseas, uh, you know, at first it was just a, a fun side project and it grew into the beast that it is now. And, uh, so I had to, um, decide whether to continue teaching or, or monetize the website and, and do that full time. So of course I chose the latter. Um, so I'm, that's what I do right now is I'm still have one foot in the door at the school as an athletic director and coach. Uh, but for the most part I work at home and I work on the website and love doing it every day. That's great. Yeah. So, so you go from finance into the education world and the coaching world when you move over to Europe and obviously you love a sport. You're, you're a a basketball guy as well, right? Didn't you coach basketball? Yep. I still do. I still do. Yeah. Coaching high school girls basketball ever since I moved to Austria. Mm -hmm. uh, So it is an American boarding school. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
with not a lot of Americans actually at the school, mostly Eastern Europeans. So I'm a coach there, so we just go by the American system. So in the fall, it's volleyball, and in the in the mm-hmm. winter, it's basketball. So I coach the girls' volleyball and then the girls' basketball. Was there a particular aha moment or something that sparked in you that that drove you to to start this website and to put you in a position to help other players? Or was it something that you've always been thinking about that just hadn't got around to doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say it was the last, the latter there. I, okay. Something in my mind because uh, being played. I, yeah, I continued playing. I, I when I returned to Austria in two thousand four, because originally I was an import in ninety nine, but after the divorce in two thousand four, I moved here and and I uh, started playing again. And I helped them recruit on occasion uh, imports for for the club where I was playing, and that was no easy task back then. Um, you know, there were forums that you would go in and find guys that were looking to play overseas, but you didn't know much about them. And by the time you researched and interviewed them and everything, and then you realized that it's not a guy that you, you want to bring over. Uh, then it's back to the drawing board. And it, I found it to be very time consuming, um, and, and stressful, uh, you know, and, and often what I noticed because I wasn't always involved in it is they would bring a guy over and then he just personality wise, he just didn't fit or, he, uh, he had no idea what he was signing up for and his expectations didn't match, uh, you know, what the club had to offer. So, so I just felt like there's a better way to do it, and and but I didn't know how to go about it until I discovered uh, a little uh, out of the box website package called WordPress, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners would have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played around with WordPress and and just did it on the side while I was working, and and it grew into a a pretty a pretty successful. Uh, platform for clubs to fly find players and right. you know aspiring professional players or current professional players that are looking for a change in their career you know became the place for them to go to, to go overseas so uh, it'd be safe to say that it, it, it came out of uh, your frustration with uh, trying to help this particular organization out that you were playing for find some players and that grew into you wanting to find a better way to get these guys over here hence the development of your website and and so on and so forth, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I, I would say it's a combination of that frustration and just curiosity. I, I also, I always had an entrepreneurial kind of spirit. My dad was a, in sales. Uh, he always mm-hmm. was man, and I always kind of, looked up to him that way. And, and, you know, I remember he, he would work at home a lot and I would go and sit beside him as a small child and mm-hmm. pretend to be a businessman while he was working. So, mm-hmm. uh, I always, you know, I, I knew, I knew someday I wanted uh, to, um, you know, do something online. I just didn't know what, um, right. and, and, uh, but you know, that, that thought always, you know, taking the train to work. So I was commuting every day to Salzburg, and I was always daydreaming about, you know, how that would be cool to have such a website. And yeah, um, only but surely I, I figured it out how to do it. Um, you know, just it, it actually, there was kind of an aha moment. I was out for a couple of beers with some friends in Canada when I was in the summer and I met somebody there that introduced me to um, uh, uh, a certain little podcast called smart passive income podcast. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, he basically everything was free as far as learning how to launch your own website and your own internet business. So it was kind of a a combination of the two. It's like, well, 
I can, I don't think I can make money off this necessarily, but it would still be a cool thing to do. So I launched it, made it free. And then it did grow into a business because it did become popular. And it, it, I kind of got to the, that crossroads where I had to decide like, you know, I can't, I can't work these long hours without, you know, being compensated. So I had to kind of decide whether to pull the plug on it or, <laughs> or, or, or you know, kind of go for it, monetize it. So, so it was kind of like an accidental business. <laughs> right, right. So there weren't any other ideas for starting an online business banging around your head. I mean, did you did the thought ever cross your mind about getting into back into the finance world and maybe developing something that had to do with finance or or even education? Or was it this train ride back and forth every day that made you think of baseball and how can I, you know, how can I put baseball and my my entrepreneur aspirations together? Yeah, I really honestly can't I can't say that it was initially uh, an idea to make money. It was more of an idea just to to sure. learn more about how to make websites and, and Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. So I had this this need, this this pain in pain, I had this pain in the ass problem and yeah. I'm like, well, why don't I go try and solve that? And then that was kind of the initial thought. And then um, when I discovered the Smart pa- Passive Income podcast and that kind of put two and two together, I'm like, okay, well, this could potentially become a business too. Um, right. Of course, along the way, like, you know, once I started listening to that podcast, I my juices started flowing. I started getting excited about, you know, online business and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely started other op- ideas started popping up in my head. and But I quickly realized the, the more the, the more, more avenues you go, the um, the more difficult it is to manage everything. So I just focused on the one thing and, and that's what I continue to do today and try not to overextend myself with other businesses. But I think you're kind of in the same frame of mind. I think we, you, you tend to be a little creative and you want to look outside the box too. And, and I think you realize like it's a lot of work and to overextend yourself in too many directions is counterproductive. So I definitely focus just on doing the baseball, uh, and now softball. Um, Mm -hmm. and, just stick with that right now. That's great. So, well, real quick, then why don't you throw some, throw some numbers at us out here? I mean, your growth has been incredible since the first time we met. I know you were just getting going and walk us through a little bit about how, how much things have changed since your, your first days of sitting down and promoting the website to, to where you're at now, as far as how many players are using your website, how many guys, if you care to share, they're, you know, playing baseball because of, uh, because of your help. Yeah, well, I launched it in 2013. It was like I spent the whole Christmas holiday, the whole Christmas break from the school, which is a three-week break, getting this website up and getting some content on it and then, you know, promoting it and trying to get guys signing up. So basically January 1st was kind of like the official, hey, we're live date. And Mm -hmm. uh, since January 1st, 2013, uh I have to go look because it's it's changing, but I think we're at 680 uh, contracts have been signed since then. Wow. Um, now I wouldn't say it's all like direct, like oh I connected them with this club and then they signed. Sometimes mm-hmm. they found the club themselves and sent them 
their profile for my website to review and then they sign them. So either mm-hmm. direct or indirect, um, we played an indirect or direct role in those signings. But, you know, if you go look at the website right now under the recent signings tab, like I'm pretty, pretty proud so far of this summer coming up in Europe and other places, but mostly Europe, uh, almost every profile you can see that it says signed to, for the summer of 2018. And, you know, that's something myself and Jimmy Jensen, who's, who's, you know, my right hand man here, mm-hmm. um, a lot of pride in, um, we want to get everybody signed. So, um, you know, that's not always going to happen, but I think we have a very high success rate. And back to 2017, we had 141 contracts signed, uh, for the summer of 2017. And then there's also winter baseball and softball. <laughs> I have to remember to say softball cause that's growing too. Sure. Um, yeah, there were we had sixty eight contracts signed uh, in the winter of two thousand seventeen eighteen. So, so every year it's growing, it's getting better, and uh, you know more and more clubs. Like I had an Irish club, a, a, an Irish club, and a club from Ireland today mm-hmm. uh, contact me about an import. You know, so every every year we're we're getting into more countries. We're at twenty three countries so far where our members have signed. So it's it's continuing to grow, and more and more clubs are jumping on board that have never imported before. That's great. I was just about to ask which countries are, or how many countries you just answered that. So how many clubs uh, or teams would you say that you're, you're servicing as of today? Oh, that's, that's a tough question. I'd have to go and take a look. Um, You know, on average, there's probably eight clubs in every first division in Europe. And, you know, we're looking at eight to, well, the German Bundesliga has 16, 15 or 16 in any given year. So probably looking at, uh, around the globe, whew, I don't know. We're talking in the hundreds here, like three sure. or four. Three or okay, four great. Um, that's, that's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, there's second divisions and third divisions as well, getting on board. Like, um, you know, so, so we're not only expanding into other countries, but we're expanding into other divisions within those countries. So, mm. um, it, you know, currently New Zealand's, I think, going to blow up. Right now it is in softball for women's softball. We have four girls there this, this winter. We mm-hmm. had zero the year before. So uh, I expect next year even more because mm-hmm. those girls are going there and doing well, and then other clubs want them. So that's kind of how it expands. That's great. And what what are you looking for in these players? I mean, who uh, what makes a good candidate here for, for your service? Yeah, that's that's always a tough question. I just wrote a good article that kind of details it because it's not something you can summarize in one sentence. But mm-hmm. what I can say is that um, there's a variety of levels overseas that offer paid opportunities. Okay. So, you know, you, you can have somebody that's that's been had a long, successful career in the minor leagues, maybe reaching double A, triple A, even the MLB who are at the end of their career and they're looking to continue and maybe see some of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's places for those guys to play overseas. And, um, and then all the way down on the other end of the spectrum, there's maybe, you know, a successful player from a, a low D three conference out of a mm-hmm. low D conference. Uh, you know, they have to have some, some good statistical success, um, mm-hmm. you know, college career um but there's opportunities for those guys as well in the second and third divisions overseas so um a lot of it comes down to the stats because these clubs are signing guys sight sight unseen so you know there's there's a a heavy weight on the statistics and how they've done in the past um and then Mm -hmm. of course video they like to look at video and then 
then it's just from there, it's a, basically a reference and character check. They want to make sure they have the right character and mentality for playing overseas because it is quite a bit different. So these guys need to realize coming in, you know, what they're signing up for that, uh, you know, they play on weekends for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. with the exception of, of the pro- professional leagues overseas, because most of these leagues are um, club baseball, like uh, amateur leagues, semi, we mm-hmm. call them semi-professional because they'll bring over one to four imports that are paid but the rest of the guys all hold down jobs and work all week and have families and girlfriends or they study and uh, so they play on weekends so sometimes that's a difficult adjustment for some of these these young guys coming over and and playing and they're used to a more professional um, schedule and a professional atmosphere and sometimes um, they don't mesh well with baseball overseas Uh, so it really does take more than just a good player to come overseas. And with that being said, I noticed on your website here recently, uh, you've got a pretty decent player in one of your prospects that are looking to, to play overseas. Can you tell us a little bit about that guy? You know who I'm referring to, right? <laughs> uh, someone that's looking to play overseas. Yeah. Mm. I'm former, former major leaguer. Former major, oh, Jose. Jose Canseco. I I couldn't believe it when I saw that on your site. I thought that was outstanding. That's got to be good for some publicity, right? Yeah, I mean, what kind of publicity is the question? question. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, I mean, I never spoke to him directly. His agent contacted me, and I told Uh him. I said, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's any club that's going to pay him what he would want to go overseas. But, um, you know, I I cut them a deal. I said, I'll give him a free profile. Um, There you go. So I'm like, I'll give him a free profile and we'll see what hits. And there's a funny story that came out of that. There was a division two club in France that, uh, they offered him, (laughs) (laughs) they offered him a bike and friendship <laughs> as a I think we offered to pay his flight, but anyway, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll take care of your flight and then we'll give you a bike when you get here so you can get, get back and forth to the field. Yeah. I did uh, talk to them ahead of time and, and what they asked for was not too out of range. I thought maybe some, some team that, you know, does have a, a good fan base, you know, could use it as a promotional thing and draw sure. more fans. Sure. But, you know, it was, it was more of a fun project than, than anything. Right. Well, I just thought that was, that was uh, interesting. And I, when I saw that on your website, I had to, had to talk to you a little bit about that, but so typically we're looking, you're looking for guys uh, coming out of college, maybe uh, recently released from independent ball or even the affiliate organizations throughout major league baseball, younger, I say younger cause they're younger than us, right? David, the 20, yeah. 25, 23 to, to 30 year old range guys that still have some, some life left in their arm and their legs and they can still help a team get some victories and now with that if you are a listener out there say you're a player that's thinking about maybe taking your career overseas or to different parts of the world and you feel that you have the talent and you can still uh, compete there are also correct me if I'm wrong David there are also other opportunities to earn some money while you're there within the organization by helping out with youth camps and umpiring and things like that correct yeah I mean it, it, a lot of it depends on on the level you would sign overseas. Mm-hmm. Like 
mean, the higher the level, the more they just want you to come in and put up some good big numbers and help them win. Sure. Um, and then the, the further down you go, the more the more coaching is involved. As far as they they would want they want you to help out with the youth program and everything. But they're, in Europe, it is salary based. Like they pay a salary, and uh-huh. you know, whether it's the semi professional professional leagues, they'll pay a salary. And within that salary, there's certain expectations. Um, you know, some ask for more than others, but it, they don't pay a lot and they ask a lot. So you That's have to right. come here and kind of make a difference. Like if you break it down to an hourly wage, you're going to be like, Oh, what am I doing? But, uh, the way they look at it is it's, it's not just coming to play baseball. It's an experience. And so that's part of, you know, what you're rewarded with is the experience of, of living and playing in another country and, and learning about another culture. So if that's not for you, if, if you aren't really what we would call an ambassador of the game and, and want to embrace it that way, then, you know, overseas might not be the best for you. Um, right. And, and in addition to that, too, if you're someone that might have a lot of responsibilities too, you know, uh, a spouse or kids or things that uh, that may hold you back from from leaving a job that's paying for you to you know take care of those responsibilities versus going over and getting a chance to play for for a European team. But like you said, you're, you're not going to make a lot of money doing it in most cases. And so that's uh, that's probably something to think about, too, if you're in that position. 100 percent yeah i mean there are you you can make you know you can make some some decent money in some of these leagues um but in the end if you have bills to pay and mortgages and whatnot back home that then is pretty much out of the question but if if you're looking to to just support yourself and a wife a lot Mm -hmm. of these clubs will you know pay enough for for the two of you to come over and um you know i i know of someone that's coming to play in italy this this uh summer and he's bringing his wife and he's earning enough to support them um, while they're there, mm-hmm. and well, they're not going to be banking anything really. But they're they're going to they're going to live comfortably while for two people in, in there. And um, who knows what it leads to, right? I mean, this this is again, it's another you know stepping stone for that individual that's uh, still has some some life left in the baseball from the physical standpoint, can still play. But also a great opportunity to, you know, network within the international baseball community. Maybe that uh, leads to some coaching opportunities down the road or someone like yourself into the entrepreneurial side of baseball. And they they end up, you know, meeting people that they can, um, you know, become lifelong friends and partners with. Oh, yeah. There's countless stories. of Yeah, uh, I can imagine. So of people overseas, I can go on all day about, you know, guys that went overseas and never came back, you know, so, um, <laughs> yeah. or, or right. they, or, you know, a lot of people do consider overseas as kind of a fast forward to a coaching career in the U S um, you know, because mm-hmm. it's very competitive in the U S but if you go overseas, um, it's less competitive. So you can really build up a resume overseas and then make the jump into pro baseball back, back in the States, if you've had some success overseas. So sure. um, some, some look at that as a stepping stone more so for the coach than they would for the player. I think overseas isn't really a stepping stone as a player into pro ball into the States. It has been, but it's not mm-hmm. really your, your, the route you want to go typically right. as you can right. say some of these these leagues like the australian baseball league or whatever yeah that's um, a great great point as well like you said for coaches uh, something else to put on the resume give you a chance to maybe cut your teeth a little bit in in some leagues that might not be as competitive or give you a chance to uh, dial in your philosophy as a coach and learn some things before you come back to the states and 
you know, try it out in, in either college ball or professional ball. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. And I do want to point out before I forget is that um, this isn't just for college players or the recent released. Uh, it's also for the current professional baseball players that are looking for a winner option. Okay. Yeah. There's winter ball in Australia and unlike Europe, I mean, you typically you need to, you need to work while you're there unless you earn enough through pro ball in the States to kind of, cause they will take care of you. The families will take care of you. They'll feed you and everything. So, cause it's, you're usually living with a host family. So if you get the right situation, you could get by based on whatever savings you have from ba- pro ball to, you know, play, play there without spending a dime. I mean, without spending, you know, too much of your, of your savings, sure. um, but they do set you up with a job. You got to be, you know, under 30 years old or 30 or under um, to qualify for a working holiday visa. And they'll set you up with a, a job working as many hours as you want on the side. Um, so there are a number of, you know, independent professional players that do decide to um, play in Australia during the winter and just stay sharp and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then head back over when the season begins, when spring training begins in uh in the spring yeah that's awesome well look i want to give you an opportunity here david if you wouldn't mind to obviously plug your website just tell us a little bit about any special programs that you might have going on you've mentioned that you guys have recently added softball to it so is there a separate website for that or why don't you go ahead and, and let everybody know where we can find more information about the baseball side of things and now the softball side of things sure uh yeah softball is 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 growing and it, it it won't be or it's not as big as baseball at this point baseball is our, our by far our biggest part of our business but softball is growing and uh you know i think more and more women are finding out about it and looking to take their their career overseas it's just i think it's just more opportunity for baseball players because they they tend to pursue professional baseball in the u.s um you know, quite a bit longer than, than uh, a fast pitch, a female fast pitch player would. Sure. Um, so they're either moving on with the, fem- the the fast pitch players are either moving on with their life or looking overseas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it's that decision upon graduation, but more and more of them are starting to look overseas now, now that they're discovering that there's all these opportunities. And Lisa Malden is someone that I brought on board who has literally traveled the world doing that herself. And now she's helping me build up the softball side of things. She has a ton of contacts around the globe. Um, so she's really helping to beef up that, that side of things. And once we get, once we get to a point where, um, it's, it's, his, you know, it's, it's its own beast in itself. Then we're going to separate it into its own website. But currently they're both on internationalbaseballcommunity.com is the actual platform where all the profiles are located and where clubs can find players. And then the blog is baseballjobsoverseas.com where we, kind of showcase what it's like overseas and we feature a lot of these people our our members playing around the world and coaching around the world because we also have coaches like yourself that um you know find jobs overseas through the website so we're continuing to grow and uh, we have a redesign coming up which i'm really excited about um it's it's due to come out by at the latest march 1st 2018 so i'm looking forward to that and it's just going to make the the process a lot smoother a lot easier and it's actually going to free up uh, our time on our end we're going to be doing a lot less maintaining of the website and a lot more of the actual setting up of players and coaches with clubs mm-hmm. so we're going to our our time on expanding and networking uh, a lot more coming up soon 
before we close out of here and uh, get a few uh, words of advice for the listeners from you, if I could, David, but I just wanted to share uh, with you uh, how much I appreciate what you've done for me from the very beginning, because I probably wouldn't be sitting here in in your homeland here in, in British Columbia if it weren't for baseball jobs overseas. So I can honestly say that uh, meeting you and finding that website has helped me find out different opportunities around the globe as I was looking for a place to coach. And just for some of you out there that may not know my story, but I was doing exactly what David is providing for, was looking for a place to go to coach, not so much play. And at the time, uh, you were just getting your site going and and said, you know, that sounds like a great idea. Let's revisit that. You know, let me get the players going and see how this works. And then we'll circle back around and see what we can do for coaches. And you 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 held your end of the deal there and you came right back to me. And after about a year and said, hey, Nick, let's put a, pro, a profile for you together and throw it out there and see what happens. And uh, again, for those of you listening, I had about seven or eight offers to come over and coach in different places from Switzerland to Germany to Singapore uh, New Zealand and Canada. And they were, it was just, it was unbelievable really how quickly these programs and these club uh, owners were reaching out to me uh, based on my resume and my background. Unfortunately for me, I had a wife and a small child. So it goes back to the, what that pay was, what we were talking about, but I did find a job in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, and it worked out so well that I went back for a second season, a second summer there. So, you know, if you're a coach out there that's beyond your playing years and you're still looking to to stay involved in the game, look David up, get on the website, baseballjobsoverseas.com, fill out a profile, and you never know what's out there. It could be anything from coaching an actual professional team to what I got involved with, which really was a, a role that I wasn't familiar with too much, was as a technical director or the head coach of an association, which, you know, again, it, it keeps you in the game and it, it really has improved my ability to work with uh, different age kids and, and of course, putting the structure together on how to to effectively run a development program for volunteer coaches in big numbers. We're talking five, six, seven hundred kids and a uh, hundred plus volunteer coaches. So if you're into that, baseball jobs overseas and David Burns will will take care of you there. So, again, I want to say thank you, David, for for assisting me in that process. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. Uh, you're welcome. I, I, I mean, I'm glad it, it worked out for you and um, you've been supportive of the website since we met. So, um, you know, I appreciate that in return. Um, as far as advice, I want to stick pretty much within what I know, um, mm-hmm. which is taking your career overseas or, or not even necessarily overseas. Um, I, I guess to the listeners out there, I would want to say like um, to, you know, I'm sure all your other guests have have said along the same lines which is to stick with it and for me it's more about carving out a niche for yourself Uh, I feel like almost everybody that inquires with me um, about what their chances are to play or coach overseas almost everybody I can find something that you know there's potential for them somewhere to to get picked up Uh, it may be a low level maybe a high school level um, it, you know, it, there's, there's, uh, if you're willing to pursue it with passion and, and, and you're willing to put in the work to build up the resume to, to get to these places that you want to go, um, then there's opportunity to do so. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always available, uh, especially through email. If you email me at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com, I'm happy to give you feedback. You know, even if you didn't play college baseball, um, I've, there's there's guys on my website that haven't played college baseball that are that are 
we're able to to go somewhere and make a difference. Sometimes it takes saving up the money to mm-hmm. pay your um, and then and work while you're there and they'll house you. That's kind of the fast track. The slower track would be, okay, you need to get some, some experience coaching youth or, or even just playing in some, um, you know, winter league or something like that and getting some stats online. Um, there's ways to do it. You, know, you could pay your way to Australia and get a working holiday visa and walk on with the club and they'll, they'll accept you. They'll bring you in um, as long as you're a good person, you know, and, and you have some skill there, there's a spot. But I mean, within clubs, they'll have four different teams at four different levels. So you, you know, even at the lowest level, you, you can make your way in. Um, That's great. for, For those pro guys, you know, that feel like, you know, that are, are having trouble letting grow the MLB dream. I, I get it. You know, like you want, you, you tasted it and, and you didn't quite get there. Um, you know, there's always going to be a spot for you overseas. So, so keep plugging away at it. And when, you know, you'll know when the day comes that it's time to, to move on. And again, I'm available to answer any questions, um, about what opportunities may exist for you overseas. So I think that's about it. Yeah, David. No, thanks. That's really great information. And I really, again, appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on here and share this information with with myself and the rest of the the listeners. So there you have it, guys. As we're starting to see a common thread on this show from my guests, um, you know, turn over every rock that you can. Make sure that you're networking and meeting as many people as you can inside of baseball. And if you're getting the travel bug or you would like to experience baseball overseas, this is your guy to talk to, David Burns and Baseball Jobs Overseas. Thank you again for listening to Love the Game, Live the Dream. I'm looking to get in contact with you here soon this week so that we can get our websites connected. We've been talking about it for a while, but I'm ready to to get that uh, logo and link onto our site so I can help direct some of my followers over to you. Okay, buddy? That sounds good. Yeah, way too late. So uh, I'll be doing the same for sure. (laughs) All right, my man. Have a great rest of the week and we'll talk soon. For sure. Take care, buddy. Hey there, Nick Holmes again. Just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to Love the Game, Live the Dream, brought to you by World Baseball Experience. And if you get a second, please head over to worldbaseballexperience.com and put your email address in there, subscribe to our free newsletter. It's not really a newsletter. It's just me collecting your email address so that I can send you uh, updates and new podcast information, maybe some photos and things like that. But don't worry, I don't have the time to spam anybody. So I promise that uh, I'll only be sending you quality information. Well, maybe not so much quality, but entertaining nonetheless. If you enjoyed today's episode, please pass it on to all of your seamhead friends out there, your baseball enthusiasts. If you didn't like this episode, then you're probably not still listening. So I appreciate your time. And once again, this is Nick Holmes signing off. We'll see you next time on Love the Game, Live the Dream. Take care. Mm-hmm.